and welcome to Cinema Spectator, a show where an expert and a casual movie fan watch movies in the cinematic canon. Today's film, we watched The Big Sleep, by, directed by Howard Hawks, starring Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall. My name is Cameron Tuttle, and I'm joined with Isaac Ransom. Isaac, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Uh, it's happy Father's Day, Cameron. You oh, don't, yeah. Uh, yeah I, we both don't have children, but, you know, <laughs> whatever. Um, Father's Day is chill, because I feel like... Most dads just want to like take a nap. Like that's when my, my dad just <laughs> fell asleep. I was like, all right, you know. So um, we are recording this the Sunday before its release. Busy week, busy things, lots of things happening in my life. Um, just a fun highlight. This is completely random, but uh, Juliana's dad has been a part of this like record plant thing for a long time, and they had this like launch fundraising party thing uh yesterday and that's really why I'm, I'm pretty drained today but this studio is like where these like incredible major artists have like recorded there it's it's like every corner and piece of woodwork has like history behind it so it was cool to be there yesterday it was just all the way in Sausalito so I was just it's like four hours of driving it felt like and yeah um a lot of little things we were there to support them so there was a bunch of like store runs and can you go here and do this and grab these things? So, I mean, it was cool to be there. I made like, I made like just incredible artists who have recorded. There's like a studio a is like famously known for it's like high ceiling because Metallica recorded there and they were like, this room's too small. So they like <laughs> blew up the ceiling and like made it like a lot higher for Lars to get that big drum sound. Yeah. Just crazy stuff like that. I mean, like, I know that's just one band name. I don't want to make this podcast about that particularly, but like they showed this like 10, 12 minute video of all the different, like, like just the, 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 the top of the iceberg of like artists that have recorded. It's just unbelievable. So I see your name dropping right now. I know I got to move <laughs> to LA and, you know, start wearing what, what are they, uh, you know, uh, graphic tees to a formal dinner party there you those, go those like those hats um that are like the five panel hats you gotta get one of those <laughs> anyways that stuff you know i got a lot of sun on friday just like good things like a good exciting weekend but i'm just feeling and then this morning just or there's just been so much food on father's i'm just like completely bloated sun-baked tired i'm like feel like i haven't I've, i haven't done anything that is hard work I've, it's been it's been very fun i just i don't know what's wrong with me here so yeah how about you cameron what's going on with you i've had a, like a well so the the my week has been pretty chill actually i actually i went to texas um el paso and um w really we just hung out and we played a lot of golf um we uh, you know, hung out in the sun. It was like a hundred degrees every day. Um, so it was, you know, pretty draining in that way. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, honestly, like it was a chill week, but yesterday I had like a full day of travel, you know, El Paso is not that far away from, from where we are. It should usually be like maybe two and a half hour flight. Um, and it turned out to be um, a whole day. It was like we got there at like three or whatever, and we didn't get home till like till like one, two in the morning. So um, it was it was you know delays and just other stuff. It was it was crazy. Um, there's so much happening. Um, and Southwest, I don't know. I don't want to be a complainer or anything, but they kind of dropped the ball this trip. I'm not going to lie. I, I don't want to, I don't want to put anybody on blast, but uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, no, they're, they're, doing, 
It was there was something going on this week. The, the, that, it was the same week that they grounded all of their. It was I flew out the day before they grounded all of their flights because of computer issues or whatever. Uh, did you see that on the news? No, but I feel like if you're not a complainer, Southwest will make you one. They just slap that on the tagline, you know, of their company. You know, just... normally, like I don't, I don't mind Southwest, and I, I fly Southwest, and I, I haven't had too many terrible experiences. But this was just like four in a row where we were like, oh my goodness, like this is yeah. It's... Anyways, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna be long in the tooth about it. But today, I've just, I literally have been tearing apart my room, which is why. Um, I'm sorry, but I'm, I'm on the bad camera, um, now I'm on my old webcam, but, uh, it's just because I, I can't, I can't, <laughs> I can't, uh, uh, I can't put the room together enough to, to use my good camera. So sorry it's okay. about that. It's okay, Kim. We're here to support you. I mean, it's <laughs> like, we have tons of viewers, like millions of viewers on, on YouTube. So well, just, I, they can the, deal with it. Yeah, I know. I, well, I wonder if this is ever even going to come out on YouTube because, uh, <laughs> I just I haven't been putting it up, but you know whatever, it, it, whatever. It'll 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 eventually make itself. In any case, um, enough about us. Well, I guess do you want to go over? Have you watched anything good this this week? Let's see. Let's see. Have I watched anything good? I've I saw the last half of a movie that my I walked in on this Will Smith movie that my parents were watching. It was like um like Public Enemy or something like that. I forget what it was called. Uh, yeah. Well, that I mean that we'll just end it at that, you know. <laughs> and I watched Spider Man One again. Uh, oh, I which see. Which is see. which is always fun. I need that money, you know. Yeah. So um, I forgot where that's my problem. Anyways, uh, go ahead. I watched Hell or High Water again, um, which I love. I I love that movie. Um, kind of a modern western. Um, very cool. Very interesting. Um, fun action. Um, I just watched it because, uh, I don't know, it came in, into my mind and I was like, I want to watch it again. Um, I also watched a movie called, oh man, I'm going to forget what the name is. Um, you know what? It doesn't even matter. I don't even want to talk about it. Um, well, let's just move on. <laughs> of course. Uh, yeah. This is uh cinema spectator. You can support us at patreon.com slash ECFS productions. Throw a couple dollars our way. Get an exclusive commentary track each month. Get your questions read on air. If any of our patrons ever write in, maybe we're going to have to start posting on there more regularly. Who knows? We're using the DM box. If you don't know in your Patreon, just DM us on there. You can get questions read on the show. Um, bunch of other cool stuff. Uh, you can reach out to us. All that, all those good things. Uh, if you don't have a few dollars, it's all good. Give us a rating on iTunes. Tell friends and family. That is how the show grows. Yeah, we got a movie to talk about. We're in Howard Hawks month, Cameron. We're moving away from the screwball and into that classy noir. Yeah. Um, I'm interested to hear what you have to say about this movie because I feel like this one was a roller coaster of emotion for me. Hmm. Um, just really not knowing where to land on it. And it probably didn't help that I didn't watch it all in one sitting, but yeah. Um, yeah. Let's you get know, into it. Yeah, honestly. let's do it. Um, I, I, so th- to be honest, actually, this was my first time watching this. Um, I'm, I'm not a classically trained noir person by any means. I don't, I don't really know that much about noir. I don't really like, um, have that much of a history with noir. So, um, I, I definitely seen some, uh, and, and of course we watched, um, 
you know, another classic Humphrey Bogart movie, uh, Casablanca, which isn't a noir, but it is sort of in the same vein or in the same sort of uh, realm as this movie um, in a lot of ways. But yeah, what I, I, I actually, you know, I really liked this movie um, in a lot of ways and I was kind of frustrated with it in, in other ways. Um, I think f- I don't know. I don't want to say like, ah, it's a mixed bag or whatever, but I, I think it, what it does well, it does really, really well. Um, and so, you know, I think, I think mood, I think energy, um, and I think the, the sort of the subtlety of this movie is really what's special about it. Um, with that being said, um, I was a little bit underwhelmed with the ending. Um, I was a little bit kind of, uh, meh about uh, some of the how some of like how it was a little bit convoluted um, plot wise um, for me it reminded me a lot of like classic spy movies where it's like sometimes you kind of don't you're not following along or you're not following the plot um, because there's just so many moving parts um, and so it kind of felt a little bit like that um, for for me but um, but I don't know. That's just my like quick summary review, I guess. Um, but I want to get into the specifics of, of this era and this, um, you know, this time period and sort of why this movie was in, important in, in some ways, but I, I want to hear what you want, what you're uh, going to say about it. Well, yeah, for those of you who don't know, this is a 1946, 48, what was it? 46. Yeah. 46 black and white detective movie. It follows, um, a detective named Marvlo, and he's hired by this rich family, and he is trying to figure out what happened to, like, I don't know, there's, like, someone, some missing butler or something, or somebody that's missing, but there's also, like, a blackmail scandal going on. Um, the wealthy, like, lead of the family is, like, this old war general who's, um, who, who has a very brief scene that's very, uh, just, it, it kind of, his his performance is great. Like his whole yeah. like riding around how he's like he can't drink, he can't run, he can't do anything, you know, because he's just stuck in this wheelchair. He can't smoke, so he like lives vicariously through other people that come to visit him. Right. Yeah. Anyways, uh, he he likes uh, Marlo, and he's like, hey, can you figure this out? Whatever's going on with my two crazy daughters who are a bunch of hot messes, and they're they're rich, and one of them's kind of dumb, and one of them's like a sharp, um, smart gal, like figure out what's going on with this. And of course, in very noir style, he goes in full detective mode. I think one of the major appeals with this film for me was how it felt like I was finally watching that noir film that I had missed my whole life, Mm. if that makes sense. Yes. Because I had heard of this style for a long time, and I have never seen anything so conventional and also like just well put together you know like i feel yeah. like there are a lot of noir films that are maybe in this vein but are difficult to approach because of you know well bobby told you know jimmy that somebody was killed i'm like who who you know um this 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 film has strong mechanics in reminding you through exposition constantly yeah for someone like me who's who's a modern viewer i don't have a very good attention span right they're basically reviewing okay so what's happening in the case in every scene it feels Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. and it was it was actually crucial for that to happen for me to be able to continue following it 
on top of all that cool 1940s style with um, the detective hats and and I don't know like for me personally I was just um, I found I found it to drag a little bit here and there but I was bought into saying I can sit through one of these experiences finally like that's kind of like my biggest takeaway so I was like oh I finally got to see that cool uh, noir film that feels like it actually fits in that because you're right you're like you uh, I was thinking about Casablanca a lot but it doesn't feel conventional. Do you know what I mean? Like the yes. setting is yeah. unique. The um, the characters are full of life. Honestly, seeing Humphrey Bogart made me realize how much I loved that movie, and mm-hmm. I really wanted to watch it. I was talking about it while I was watching this film with, you know, my family. I was like, "Have you guys seen Casablanca?" Because boy, that movie's really good. Like I, and I, I just sounded like one of those film snobs at the mo- in, in that moment. But I but just, I, I was like, "Wow!" Like that. It was a riveting movie like a just a fantastic movie and in the context of of what i've seen this movie is not that um but it does fit that kind of formula of detective guy going about his business and all that i will say that um you know humphrey bogart and uh the smart sister who's Lauren acted by Bacall. yeah bacall her character what's her name oh, i'm looking at vivian uh Rutledge or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, they have some extremely steamy chemistry. There's it's, that. Yes, yes. <laughs> there's that scene where they're talking about the horse races, and it is just uh very intense. I for almost dripping, dripping with innuendo. <laughs> yeah, it, it's almost just like overwhelming. At some point, you feel like the movie switched, and then there's that. Um, there's a in the scene that we're referring to. There's a great. Uh, like kind of like switch moment where he's like, oh, you're trying to like pull a fast one, but I know what you're doing. You know, yeah. I'm just having fun yeah. with you, right? Humphrey Bogart's character is super clever uh, in in his writing. Um, and of course he delivers the lines very slyly. But um, overall, I, I found the experience good. I really do think the plot is difficult to follow. And I found it to be kind of, boring because it kept jumping in all these different areas but there's there are there are great dramatic scenes and moments or or like there are great experiences in the different like scenes right yeah yeah that make you or that, that make you feel cool for watching something like this and i know it's a very surface level take but it was like i'm having a hard time following this all together and so i'm just gonna try to you know why am i interested in it because i wasn't having a negative time even though i couldn't follow it too well um, mm-hmm. And I started to pick out these good things like, well, they keep trying to explain it to me. There's um, uh, like great setup for certain scenes and the way that um, Marlo like he never really asks or he never really answers a question. It's always another question. Right. And there's yes. there's all this yes. um, kind of like sharpness. And and I think all the characters don't feel very dumb either unless you're a henchman. Right. Like they're all kind of playing the field at the same time. And um, there's a lot of strong kind of uh, powerful, witty uh, women in this movie too, mm-hmm. that I thought was kind of yes. cool. We're going to talk for, about that a lot, but yeah. yeah, for the, for the time I thought it was um, pre- pretty inventive. And I, I feel like maybe some of it pulled from the screwball comedy, but um, yeah, I, I, I found it, Cool. I just found it um, refreshing that all the characters seemed to bat against 
um, Marlo's just powerful energy on screen. Mm-hmm. And so it was, it was, um, it was balanced out by everyone else, like, you know, playing ball at the same time with him. So overall, overall positive. I don't, I, I don't have like a, a sincere love for this movie, but if you're looking for a movie that fits the glove in a way, you know, I feel like this is an easy one for me to recommend because I've always wanted to see a movie that was in this style. And I've watched stuff in, in like English classes or other like film classes that I wish were cool. And this movie kind of is cool and pulls it off with what it's going for. If that, if that kind of makes sense. Yes. A hundred percent. Yeah. No, I would say that there's like a swagger to this movie. Um, and, and it's all kind of hinging on Humphrey Bogart. Um, and, and partly because his character does have this swagger and like, you know, throughout the movie, women kind of like follow him everywhere and are like right. totally, totally enthralled by him. And he's almost like the, you know, in, in some ways he's like a Han Solo kind of character where he's Very kind much. of bad, but uh, he, he, you know, there's just this like this charisma, this energy to him that like you, dr- you get drawn in as a character. Um, and, and so like that in its in and of itself is, sort of the cool element of the movie and the the you know it it makes you like drawn into the feeling of the movie the aesthetic of the movie um and then on top of that like you're right the characters are actually all very compelling um and they're all um i don't want to say i don't i don't want to say like realistic necessarily but they all have like motivations that are really well drawn and really well sort of fleshed out everybody you can kind of understand has like this um this this vision of what needs to happen or this vision of like what they want um and and it's like the classic what they want what they need dichotomy have you ever heard of this in screenwriting not really um yeah so there's like this theory in screenwriting where every character should have a want and then you know, by the end of the movie, there should be a need. It, it should it should turn into a need. Um, and so, mm. like, it it's that's oversimplifying. But there's there's a this idea that like, um, your character might want something, but by the end of the movie, it's it it turns into something else, or it turns into um a need, or a you know, it, it's it's like it might be counter counteracting their their character or whatever. You know, so like every each character has a has a clear want in, in this movie. And I think it's really, um, well written in that way. Um, with that being said, like, you know, like you said, there's, there's a lot of moving parts and there's a lot of things that you sort of, um, they're, they're holding your hand a lot for sure. Um, and you're kind of having to be like, Okay, but like, what? There's so much going on. You know what I mean? Like, there's, right. And and so like that is like my my major tick with the movie is like it it feels like it's um I I don't know I couldn't I couldn't get the image out of my head of like three writers the fact that this movie had three writers in it um you know what I mean like it it's a little bit overwritten in that way. Um, well, I I do think that some of the flaws with the writing is that there are characters that you never, like, feel like you see, you know? Yes. And yeah. then there are characters that that are constantly brought up. They don't have a face. 
And then there are other, like, there's that whole side plot about how he has that car following him. And then this guy shows up, and that's a big emotional moment for him uh, as as his relationship grows with the guy who's been stalking him. But I don't remember hearing him talking about a car stalking him until like halfway through. And I don't know if it was because I was well, like, I, there's just too much. I just missed that information. But when that guy showed up in the alleyway, I was like, what? Who is this guy? Like, I'm so confused. Oh, it's the guy he's been talking about that I... There's so many moments where it's like, it's that person they've been talking yeah, about yeah, is yeah, here yeah, exactly. now. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. Like, it would have been better if there was some sort of, um, like, like I, I feel like when it comes to mystery, right, and a detective trying to work through things, um, a, a great example that I can think of that's been recent, and maybe a lot of people have seen this movie, is Knives Out prepares you for each character with actually like an interview which which with each one yeah right it's not very like uh, like all of the characters are basically introduced early on and that whole like wants and needs thing plays into the mystery as he's trying to figure it out right um but that's that's a, a very easy way for an audience to be like i know the face and if they show up at the end of the movie I feel like I'll still get it versus they mm-hmm. con- they mm-hmm. keep saying a name and you never see the face, right? So yeah. so that it's, I, it's hard to do something like that in a movie like this though because it's like it's like you're you're trying to he's figuring things out as much as you're figuring things out. Um and my my major problem with that um not that it's not that you know there's there's the mystery aspect of it or there's the people that you don't know is that there's so much going on it's just like right. it's it's like expansive there's like and then uh, on top of the just all of the moving parts in the movie um there's also the subtle innuendo about what's really going on because they couldn't have actually said things like do you know like the uh, I think this one's pretty obvious and clear, uh, personally. But the the um, the blackmail racket is actually po- a, a pornography um, thing that Geiger is running, um, right? And that's that's like that's made fairly explicitly for the time. But it's like if you don't if that's not in your mind or if you you don't like pick up on it, like you could just miss that. And and it's kind of important and integral to the to the plot. And I get that like they couldn't really do anything about that because it was censored. Uh, you know, there's there's not much that they could do to clear things up. But there's little things like that where it's like it's like there's innuendo on top of a lot of things going on that kind of muddy things a little bit, if if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, you kind of get the idea. I, I I assume that was some of the motivation behind the girls trying to avoid um, getting in trouble, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, around stuff with the hidden cameras and all, and all that yeah. stuff. You, yeah. you just get that gut feeling, so I think it's successful in that. But it wasn't something that I really considered too much besides a like just a little mark on a character motivation yeah if, if that makes sense and I don't, I don't think it needs to be anything more and that's why it works um but yeah i'm sure if this movie was made in a modern lens they'd make it much more explicitly clear that that is and and i and i honestly believe it would have a little bit more weight 
as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's like, there's certain things where you're like, th- there's, you know, I don't know. There's, there's innuendo about, um, you know, people being in, in gay relationships. There's innuendo about like other things as well, where you're like, where, where you're like, obviously this was because of, of the censorship of the time. And then at the same time, you're like, well, for me, I don't know. It kind of does add to the swagger of the movie a little bit too, where it's like mm. it t- tackling um, really heavy and difficult stuff in a way that is um, kind of um, subversive and, and kind of interesting um, and getting around cer- certain types of, of censorship of the time. Um, well, is I mean, as far as the writing goes, right? Just to, just to jump back to that, and we can keep talking about the censorship because I'm sure you have some other things you want to talk about with that in terms of the production and all. Um, but just the fact that the film starts with him trying to work out a blackmailing scandal. Uh, so people are asking for checks from this wealthy family that has two daughters that are a little bit of, like they're both firecrackers, you know? Um. But then there's like this secondary mystery that comes about about like the general's best friend, like servant person. And so then you don't really know what exactly he's like. It's just because they keep jumping between those two things. And somehow it's like, well, they're connected because the family's connected and somehow they're going to come together somehow. And it's just I, I that was the only thing where I was like, I'm not so concerned with the mystery i'm more excited about the characters on screen together um and and i agree with you 100 percent. humphrey bogart's character with marlo as the detective like one of the things i noticed really quick is that everyone is um having a good time with him on screen including his yes. adversaries yeah right his adversaries are really like uh they they are it, it feels like master class um, acting and delivery uh, mm-hmm. is kind of yeah. when you really I start agree. to lean in, right? Um, small small moments with um, just side characters that either get killed off or like his his um, little conversations with people who are still in the police office or DA's office and whatnot. Um, from even his interaction with the the criminal or the like the casino owner gambling mobster i have no idea what he is he's the bad guy but even the bad guy like seems pretty complex and they have good banter and questioning each other trying to figure out stuff it's it's um that's worth the admission on top of the of the style yeah cameron we can get into the production or the notes i know you were kind of riffing along um the censorship topic we can come back to it or you can take it in a different direction yeah, well, uh, uh, one of the things that I was going to mention in terms of um, the female characters in this movie, um, I think it's kind of an in- integral point um, point in this time in history as well as this time in filmmaking. Um, and Hawks is actually very well known for his characters like Lauren Bacall's character in this movie. Um, and there, there, he has his own term. It's called the Hoxian woman. Um, and I think you probably can pick up on sort of what are the, the main tenets of the Hoxian woman after seeing a couple of his movies. Now, um, w- one of the, the core major tenets is someone who is, um, 
almost like able to run with the boys or able to to sort of um, cut her own path um, in a time where that was obviously, you know, either looked down upon or not quite, um, you know, appreciated in the same way that it is now. Um, and one of the interesting things about this movie is um, I would say almost every um, – well, there's, there's, there's a couple different – female characters who are notable. One is Lauren Bacall's character who is kind of the sharp, the classic, um, Hoxian woman, right? She's sharp tongued. She, um, you know, runs in the boys club. Um, she's kind of often, um, you know, either, uh, uh, people comment a lot about her being too smart or her being sort of too, uh, too on top of things. Um, and then on the, on the opposite side of that, which I think is a, is an interesting character and an interesting foil, um, to, you know, to, to this, you know, classic Coxian woman is her sister who is the, um, she is, well, as it turns out, as you find out later in the movie, she is a classical, um, maybe not classical, but she is definitely um, cutting her own her own path. You know, she's definitely able to to hold her own in a way, um, but she is kind of very dependent. Um, as you know, as it as we first see her, she's very sort of. People always comment that she's stupid or that she. Um, is, you know, is, you know, uh, Bogart's character always calls her like the bad sister, um, which is kind of funny because she's portrayed as more innocent, um, than, than, you know, the other sister. But, um, but yeah, the, the, my point in saying all this is that, um, this is kind of the, the classically pointed to example of a Hoxian woman. Um, and I think it's notable because, um, after this movie and after, um, after this sort of time period, um, that trope or that, you know, that idea started to kind of lose, lose its favor, um, in, in the screenwriting process. And, and what you see instead is sort of the, um, actually, you know, the, the Marilyn Monroe character in, um, in, uh, some like it hot, who's much more misty eyed and, um, uh, it's like the, the uh, what do they call the Madonna Virgin? Um, you know, yeah, the, like almost, somewhat unaware but hopeful right? yes yeah and and so that's sort of the style that um that started to be portrayed after this this period but hawks was really i would say the the originator of this sort of um kind of bold um very um feminine but very strong feminine character um and i think it's it's really interesting to look at these kinds of movies and you know it's even even the last one that we saw um or bringing up baby which is kind of i would say a little bit different but um you know that all of the movies that we've seen have this character of someone who is extremely um you know either forthright or uh you know cutting their own path um, and is, 
you know, in some ways respected for it because of their, um, their uniqueness, I guess. But I love, I mean, like you're just drawn to them as a viewer, right? Um, in this film and the movie we watched, uh, his girl Friday, right? Yeah. Like there's just power behind these female characters, not in the same vein as something like, you know, the new star Wars trilogy where it's like, she's a strong Ray is a strong female character because she has big force power and lightsaber, you know, like it's like there's, um, a draw to them. And just as a viewer, I'm like, I'm, I'm rooting for it. I love it. Like, I, I I think it's, it's great. I mean, I always talk about this with my girlfriend Jules, but I'm like, you know, Gal Gadot, um, from Wonder Woman, she's just, She's awesome. She's got this natural presence, but she does not compare to like the amount of charisma of the females in these Howard Hawks films where they yes. are just like yeah. cutting edge and just fighting um for for their own time on the screen. They're just they're you're just captivated by them. Uh, especially in like His Girl Friday where like she just owns the main role. She is the main role, you know. Yeah. yeah. So, um and Props. I would say, honestly, bringing up Baby 2, she's maybe not the main role, but she's the main driver of the story. Um, you know, she's the one who's kind of the the most, um, like, the, she moves the plot in that movie. Yeah. Um, and, and this movie, it's really interesting because they're, I, th- I think, in all of the promotional material and all of the sort of what you hear about the movie, the the idea is that about you know Bogart and Bacall, you know that's like the the classic um, thing, and you know I think it's a, on the poster it says like they're back again or something, you know something like right. that. Um, but the the sort of the the point of that is that she's she's the she's part partly the narrative driver as much as he is in this movie um part partly she's sort of the one who is um who, who's driving her own path in this movie trying to figure out what's happening um in the same way that he is and i think like you know he he has such a charismatic presence in this movie and such a um a fun and interesting role and the character is so you know so um you know, there's so much bravado and charisma in in that character that you need someone who is just as um, attention grabbing, I guess, just as sort of, you know, you, you want to watch both of them sort of act together as like a force of nature in a, in a way. Yes. Um, and that's what this movie does really successfully and really well. Um, and I think just just bringing it back to, to Howard Hawks and, and sort of um, Howard Hawks month is like, this is in my mind, this is what Hawks does. So, um, so incredibly is he is able to sort of, you know, make these, you know, the characters are sort of, or the, the plot is sort of the backdrop of these characters. Um, and really what stands out to you, really what you remember about these movies is not the, necessarily what happens, you know, from point A to point B. Um, and I would say in this movie, you know, not necessarily that, you know, about what happens in the end, because I think, like I said, the ending is kind of meh. Um, but really what you remember about this this movie is the chemistry between them two um, or the, you know, the characters as 
you know, as they're sort of built up around this, um, this plot. And that's what I think is so important to take away from these movies. Um, in my mind is he's someone who can make a compelling character, make you care about him or her, whether or not, you know, the plot is, is what's driving. Um, yeah. and I would say for most of these movies, the plot is not really the thing that's, that's in the driver's seat. It's these, these ginormous characters that are on screen, um, that are so important and integral into this, you know, this world and this universe. Uh, so I don't know. I think, I think it's really, really impressive, um, in my mind. I want to comment about Humphrey Bogart for a little bit as well. Yeah. Um, we've talked about him for a little bit. And I think one of the things I really love about his presence on screen is that his attitude and his energy outweighs any sort of like, I, I, I know this is going to sound superficial, but any sort of looks that he has, right? Mm. Um, I think that his casting in Casablanca is almost more fitting for his visual look. Like he has this sad droopiness to him, yeah. a little bit of that Eeyore energy, but his, his, his presence and his acting is nothing like that, right? He's full of life. He's full of snarky comments, right? And in this one, it, he almost like plays comedically off that. Mm. Um, there's these funny lines where he's like, I'm getting, uh, better look in every minute or something like that. Right. And it's just, just these absurd claims in the middle. And I just, man, you gotta love him. You know, I just honestly like seeing him in this made me want to revisit, um, Casablanca cause he balances, you know, that, 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 um, snarkiness and just also like heavy character, like depth. Like he's he's a very um, real grounded character in Casablanca. He's, he's very epic. So uh, this is not to talk about that one, but it's ju it's just interesting to see an actor. It's like we're traveling back in time and talking about you know the Robert Downey Jr. of the of the moment, mm. um, right? And I think most people aren't able to experience that, but it's like now I've seen a couple movies with him in it, and it's it's neat to feel like I'm back then, uh, kind of comparing his performances in in these different films in that sense so no yeah i think i think you're right and it is it is really neat and interesting um i think he's someone who has this um uh, it's almost like an aura around him in every in every character that he portrays um and he's like he's like the i don't know i think you're right he he's like the epitome of sort of the the classical movie star you know yeah. he's like he he's someone who carries a weight to him that you could just tell like this this guy is like he's the real deal you know like he is he is exactly um i i don't know he's a he's a heavy hitter um and i think this movie is a really good example of that and it was kind of funny because it was surprising for me to see him do things that were a little bit um, sillier or a little bit more lighthearted in a way. Um, cause he, I, I've never seen him do anything that was that comedic or anything. Like he's, he's very much a dramatic, um, straight actor. Um, right. 
And I think in the same way that probably it was surprising for Cary Grant to do something that was completely, you know, comedic, um, it was probably surprising to see him like put on glasses and turn up his hat and walk into the the bookstore with an accent and stuff. You know, like that's yeah, that's kind of a a classical like moment of of shock where you're like, oh wow, like <laughs> he's like he's you know it's kind of it's kind of goofy for him um mm-hmm. it's not it's not something that you would you know see him do i guess um so I, I thought that was kind of interesting but um yeah i mean i don't i don't have too much more in terms of um uh, of what to say about this movie other than um i don't know i think it's I I like what you said. It's like the the like quintessential noir. You know, it is like if you're well, looking I, for if you're looking for something that is, um, that is like, you know, a platonic ideal of what this kind of movie is. Like, I yes, think this well, is this is exactly what this movie is. Well, yeah, well put. I I don't have any knowledge of the genre of noir. I've just always wanted to tap into it, and um this movie felt like a good place for me to kind of slide in, not feel super uncomfortable or bored or anything like that. Um, and I'm sure there, there are much more influential, like newer staples that I just, I don't know anything about. But. Well, I think this one is considered a, um, either a high point or a, uh, you know, this, this is, this is considered like a classical noir. So, um, and another thing, uh, one of the other things that I wanted to mention about this movie was interesting to see again, um, it interesting to see Hawks do sort of, um, I guess nail a genre, um, in some ways, if that makes sense, like he does things that are that are so um, such a perfect fit for the genre that it's kind of it's kind of interesting to look at and to to examine in terms of his his entire career. You know, where you're you're sitting back and you're like, what? Well, how can he do things that are so um, quintessential in each of these genres? Most people take one or they specialize in one, and he's he's a a leader in like five genres. Um, it's, it's kind of, it's really impressive. I would say. Yeah. I, this movie reminded me of another one we watched and I wanted to bring it up and I cannot remember the name of it. And I can't even remember why we really watched it either. And I know that's not giving you a lot, but it was about, um, uh, it was not ACE in the hole. It was about like, um, some guy jumping off a train with crutches. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, and oh yeah, double indemnity. Yeah, another yes. class. That's a classic noir, right? And so that was kind of my only other point of reference. This movie felt like it had more life uh, than that one, right? Mm. Uh, and I don't think that that film is bad by any means. I actually think that movie's plot is the driving focus and and the mystery yes. around that and what is going to unfold uh plot it's a, it's a much more plot driven journey and so if you're looking for that in noir and like to like really sink into the crime and the criminal's mind and where they're coming from like that that's a better one to jump to compared to this where it's like you know that noir stuff is happening in the background but really just enjoy these people living it up in the set in the setting you know yes yes um 
so that's kind of that was just a cross reference that I wanted to bring up in 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 talking about this one. Um, so. Yeah, that's that. No, that's an interesting point. I think um, it's a fair point because uh, double indemnity is kind of one of those interesting points for Wilder, where um, it's almost like. Well, Wilder and Hawks trade blows a lot. Um, you know, they do kind of the same similar things to each other uh, and and do them in like slightly different ways. Um, and I do think Wilder is very good uh, character wise. Uh, but when he tackled Noir, uh, he he definitely leaned into the plot aspect, the mystery aspect or and not the mystery aspect, but the the sort of. um you know, what keeps that movie going is sort of the frame story around it. Um, and the characters are a little bit secondary. The interactions between the characters are a little bit hollow in, you know, is what we we kind of talked about. Um, and in this movie, it's like the exact opposite. It's like the plot, um, you know, there's a lot happening, but it's kind of in the, it, like you said, it's kind of in the background a little bit. Um, and what what really draws you in as an audience member is the, the experience of seeing these characters on screen, the sort of the, the guttural feeling that you get when, when there's like these, these two charismatic, you know, giants um, of actors who are kind of going at each other. Um, And it, you know, that's kind of the intrigue of, of the whole movie. So um, I, I think that's a good comparison and, and it's one that I wanted to talk about, later but um we we could do it now is like hawks and wilder in my mind occupy a lot of the same space um they tackled a lot of the same subjects obviously um hawks had his his big period a little bit before wilder did um he's a little bit older but um in my mind they have sort of um well one they I think they have the same reputation, which is they pioneered so many things in Hollywood that we, you know, either look back on and, and love or, you know, know today, um, but really don't get the credit or the respect that they that they deserve. Um, and so I don't know, in your mind, like, is there is there a comparison? Is there sort of something that's um, that sticks out to you? Yeah, I mean, I've been thinking about Wilder because we've only done a few director-specific months on the show. We we tackled Scorsese, we tackled um, Wilder. Now we're doing Hawks. We also spent some time with um, uh, what's his name, Crazy Guy, uh, with you know the Shining guy. Didn't oh, we do Kubrick? a month on him? We we yeah. we have not done a Kubrick month yet. Well, we've watched some Kubrick. We've movies. watched two Kubrick movies. Yeah. Only two? I feel like we've watched we've so watched much. We've watched 2001 and The Shining. What's the one I'm thinking of? Okay, yeah. So we've only done a few. Um, there's other directors that are maybe more well known that we might tackle eventually. What's interesting about comparing Hawks and Wilder is they're both names that most people have never heard of, um, including myself. Wilder has, like, I have been converted into a Wilder fan, right? Yeah. Like, I am just blown away by his movies. If I see a film. Uh, or if someone recommends a film by him, I'm, I won't even almost question it at this point. I I just want to jump in. Yeah. Um. Now I understand he kind of went off the deep end in his later in the later bits of his career, but even in watching a movie like Ace in the Hole, which was, um, 
kind of like a voted a voted on by by our patrons like that was like just we had a handful of other movies we could have explored by wilder right um jumping into that one it just maybe it didn't compare to the apartment but there's just so much quality in there mm-hmm. anyways i'm I'm getting carried away geeking out about wilder, <laughs> uh, wilder right i've not had that moment with hawks yet and it do, i don't know why i feel like he's because you're like, wow, isn't it amazing? He's doing all these different genres. I'm like, I yeah, I guess. But I've been feeling pretty lukewarm on most of the movies that he's put together. Now, I did enjoy bringing up Baby and its wackiness, but it didn't really feel like a movie that moved me. Mm. It was just fun, you know. And I and I I honestly believe that um I could see myself wanting to watch it again and recommending it to other people, and that's cool, right? But I felt that way about um the sh- like the shining and that doesn't make me a kubrick mega fan right we watched 2001 and i was like yeah it was, that was a trip you know not everybody needs to watch that right i just because i enjoyed one of a director's movies doesn't mean i'm like bought into this person yet yeah you know yeah. so i'm not just personally i'm not like fully convinced and i don't know how to pin a feeling down mm-hmm. on hawk's besides what you just mentioned about bringing on these like larger than life actors and letting them just flourish. So maybe that's his thing is like, just let it like he would be just, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a good example. Like he would do a Amy Adams and Leonardo DiCaprio, like just wild film. Like if he was still alive today or something like that, where he just pulling these like all-star actors and just putting them in roles that no other director could, could do. But I think what's, what is a little bit, um, l- less impressive to me is that it's not instead of like t- taking these these giant actors and putting them in like bombastic moments excluding bringing up baby and who knows what we're going to get into but they do kind of seem a little bit more of like the well executed but almost run of the mill genre so it's like a noir movie with these great big actors and they do well you know a uh, screwball comedy with some great big actors and you know a little bit of unconventional things but really it's just another one of those like romantic comedies with like a reporter trying to do her job and whatnot you know i just uh, nothing is 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 popping the same way that i had with with um with wilder and i know that's that's a, an overly long explanation um, no no i th- well i think you're i think you're right in that um, I think that Wilder, the problem is he's exceptional. Um, like that's, that's kind right. of the thing is he is, he is literally like, he's, he's exceptional. Um, and the sun went down like hardcore. I'm going to like flick on my light. It's yeah, it's all right. Um, the thing about Hawks that I find so, so interesting or, um, intriguing and why I, I like him is he's, he's, not necessarily exceptional, um, but he's pioneering in a lot of ways. Um, he brings things to the table that are, are, um, you know, still sort of chewed upon today. Um, and he is someone who is, who is the definition of an actor's director. 
Um, and he's someone who, who brings performances out of people that are, that are, you know, but would be unheard of in, in any other context or with yeah, any other yeah. director. Like I, I understand like that's his pull, but when you say he's innovating, right. Or like, what do you, what do you say? Like he's like, I don't, I don't know if I'm seeing that like breaking new ground or anything like that because I'm a modern viewer. Like I'm not, I'm not, I don't yeah, understand. Yeah. You've explained no, it, no, I some get, history yeah, I and whatnot. And I just, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't see it besides like just the muscle power of working with these big actors. Yeah. Right. No, I, yeah, I understand that. I, it's probably harder to, to see from, from a perspective where, you know, things are already laid out in a way. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and I think you're right about Wilder in that he is like a little bit transcendent. Um, that even though you know there's, you know, he's he's I guess he's just unique. You know, he is he has something. Um, he's got a je ne sais quoi about him. There's you know there's something that is so um, outside the ordinary of his movies. Um, and th- what what I'm trying to point out about Hawks's movies is that. He's the one who sort of, um, he's almost like the working man behind the scenes in a lot of these movements, um, mm-hmm. and and it's it's interesting to see him um, flourish in this way because um, I've never really done like I uh, it's the the reason why I wanted to do his movies is because there was so many classes where it was like um, you know a, a genre that we would tackle where it would be like. Oh, and then this is a Hawks movie, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like there's, and, and like, so, so many, so many of these genres where you're like, you're like, oh, all right, well, I guess we're watching another Hawks movie. Like this, this is, you know, he's kind of a man behind the curtain in a lot of ways in, in a lot of these movements. And that's what I find so impressive about him is he's, he was on the, he was on that train, you know, he was on the sort of the, 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 the wave of, of where things were going in that time period. Um, and you know, usually you see one person do one genre or you see one person do one, um, you know, niche. And then every now and then you get someone like, like a Kubrick, um, or like, a um, you know, you know, there, you, you get people who, who define themselves by doing, I, I think Spielberg is the same way, actually. Um, you know, who, who tackle so many different genres, um, and master them all. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's not that they're like, it's not that they are, cause the, the phrase I was thinking of was master of none. Right. But really they're excellent, right? Like, there's, they're not yeah. bad movies by any means. I just think I have a connection with filmmakers and I'm learning this about myself that have this personal voice in Mm. the way that they direct and put together their movies, whether it's Scorsese almost like revealing part of his soul in what he's making or while they're doing the same thing in his own style. And even, even directors before this, right? Like when I was looking at someone like um, Edgar Wright, who I just like, you can tell there's a, consistency in the creator in making in making mm-hmm. those mm-hmm. like in those films and um there's also an evolution right it's not that they're stagnant 
in what they're making, but they're also like they're they're making they're like true to themselves. They're making things and they're evolving in that as well. And I would even I would even go as far to say that um, Kubrick, there is somehow a feeling of connection between two thousand one and The Shining. Yeah, right. I agree. You can feel a like this this evolution that's happening in his filmmaking. Spielberg, on the other hand, it's actually I, I think a very good modern comparison because. I don't. I don't consider myself a Spielberg fan, although I enjoy like Indiana Jones, right? I've seen Jurassic Park, right? Like he's he's a part of these juggernauts of mm. of franchises, right? But he's so everywhere that I cannot stop thinking about like Ready Player One, you know, where I'm just like, <laughs> good, oh my goodness, like for every gr- greatness now he has a stinker, you know, like mm. it's he is so spread out now. I don't think I have seen a stinker from Hawks yet. So in a way, maybe he's like, I I mean, I haven't seen a movie that I'm in love with like Indiana Jones, right? But f- for me, it's like maybe he's in a in a higher skill of, of trying to reach across all these different things, you know? Yeah. But just from the outside, that's like kind of my take on Hawks so far. And I want to feel him. I want to feel him in some of mm. these in these movies. I want to. I w- there's a begging for a touch of consistency, um, and maybe part of it, Cameron, is that you prepared um, the list of films for us to go through with these last directors in a way that I could experience the evolution. Maybe Hawks has a better path in this, and I'm not trying to diss the way you've laid it out or anything like that, but. I, I'm I'm assuming he's made a lot of movies, right? Yeah, so. no, that that's kind of the thing is like, what do you? For me, I I I tr- in this month I've been trying to sort of guide you, um, not through his career path necessarily, but through his some like his major movies. Um, sure, and I think that's kind of more. Um, I I don't know if it's more important or not. I I'm not sure, but. We haven't, you're right that we haven't gotten that sort of, um, like that's that breath of, of what he's done yet. Um, and I'm not sure if we will get that because, uh, the next week is, is the vote. So, um, so we'll see. I mean, I'm going to try to, to see if we can, um, get a Western in, um, but yeah, I mean, like we have seen obviously him tackle sci-fi um with a th- the thing from another world right. um and you know then we watched two screwball comedies and then this noir film um but there's like you're right that there's much more that he is he's done that we're just not going to be able to get to um so. well i i'm i'm interested in weaving in his narrative further as we as we continue to explore movies Cameron and yeah. that goes the same for um Scorsese and you know, uh, Wilder. Um, and of course, you know, we're talking about, um, the 2001 guy, Kubrick. <laughs> Kubrick yeah. I think Kubrick so, will, we'll, we'll do a dedicated. I want to, honestly, I kind of want to watch all of Kubrick's movies with you. And, and, and we'll, obviously we've seen like a couple of them so far. Um, so like it won't be that hard. He I think he only has eight features. Um, so like I think we can do it. I think we can tackle all of Kubrick's movies. Uh, but 
yeah, I don't know. It, it's it, it'll it'll be interesting. Well, we might have to split it up into a couple months, but that's okay. I mean, I'm all right with like taking it a little slow with that guy. He's he's a little out there, so he he is. And the and the thing about it is like he, I this is totally off topic, I guess. But um, no, 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 he, it's fine. He's someone who um he has an aesthetic um and he he he's not necessarily someone that has. Um, <laughs> narrative sense necessarily like he I don't know like his movies they they f- hit you on a feeling level and if they don't hit you there then you're not gonna like them basically yes um, yeah and I, I can totally see that honestly like his charisma in it all yes yeah has come across when it doesn't resonate with me it's just comedic and I know that's not correct or that the correct way i'm supposed to watch it but i'm just like this is this is i guess what people talk about when they talk about kubrick right this is just one of the i mean the end of 2001 when in our conversation about that like uh, i was like oh everything in the spaceship where it's actually the movie that i wanted to watch was pretty good (laughs) um and then everything around that was just a joke to me you know like it was very um very just kubrick-esque so I want to give Hawks more of an opportunity. So I'm excited to see what we watch next. And I'm sure his, his movies are going to continue to weave into our conversation as we explore the cinematic camera, uh, Canon. I was going to say Canon camera. I got, no, I was going to say Canon Cameron. I think that wraps up the show. <laughs> My goodness. No, I wow. agree. Um, I think, yeah, I don't, I don't really have much else to, to talk about, but, um, yeah, I, 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 I did really enjoy this movie, um, and even though I kind of watched it uh, haphazardly, I guess, and so did you probably. But um, yeah, I mean, do we have a shot of the film? Do we want to stamp a rating like we usually do? Yeah, we can. Um, for me, shot of the film, I really loved that crane shot of um, when when they're spinning the roulette wheel and they pass through all the people and then they, oh. they kind of go into the roulette. Like I thought that that shot was gorgeous. So simple, but really gorgeous. Yeah. There's a lot of neat stuff with shadows. There's a um, scene where, Oh man, I'm trying to remember. I can't, there's, there was a couple, there was two that were really neat. One was towards the end of the movie after he gets beat up and thrown in the house. And, um, uh, like the the love interest interest gal. I cannot remember her name without my notes. Bailey, right? No, Bacall. Rutledge. Lauren Lauren Bacall's yeah. character, like she turns off a lamp. There's mm. like that lighting change, uh, and there's also another scene where like um someone exits the room after he was beat up. The short guy that gets killed by the poison. Yeah, like he yeah, leaves yeah, after yeah. discussing with him, and he's like slumped over in that chair, but he like walks in front of um the light source. And so it like shadows Bogart's face for a second. And then it flickers back on as the guy walks past the light. And I was like, just very neat stuff with the lighting going on in this movie. Um, Yeah. I, I, that made it feel even extra noir. Right. Mm -hmm. And give me more rain. Give me more rain. I wanted to see more of that. So (laughs) Um, for me, this film is, is for the curious people who want to watch a noir film. So go do it. If you got an interest and you haven't seen it, Go watch it and have a good time with it. Like, um, again, if you're looking for a plot-driven thing, it's not going to be as exciting as maybe Double Indemnity. But um, 
yeah, like I'm it's it, it feels classic. So go for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, yeah, it's probably for the curious. Um, someone who's kind of intrigued by this time period or intrigued by this uh, genre. I think this is a good one and um, just a good example of the genre. So great. Cameron, thanks for picking this out. Thanks for juggling so many different genres with them. It's crazy to think about this to screwball to also think from another world. And then I know that he has an acclaim for Westerns as yeah. well. Uh, so, and, and I have not watched any Westerns. I'm very excited to. So, um, excited to see what's next for Hawks. Of course, we post every Monday. Thank you guys for listening and supporting us. You can check us out again, patreon.com slash ECFS productions for some exclusive stuff, cool stuff, or just listen for free. I mean, I'm a freeloader of a lot of podcasts, so we appreciate all you guys giving it a chance, especially to talk about old movies that I've never heard of, but Cameron thinks more people should have heard of. So, uh, yep. We love you guys. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. Cinema Spectator is an ECFS Productions podcast executive produced by Darren O'Neill. If you want your name read in the credits of the show, you can check us out at patreon.com slash ECFS Productions to achieve this status. Thank you, Darren, for the support. And for the rest of you, we appreciate your support as well. Have a good one.